Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Larry Crider here with the Larry Crider Leadership Podcast. We're into season two. With me in the studio today are Luke and Julie Weaver from Lancaster, YWAM. Welcome, guys. Thank you Thank so much. You. Glad to be here. I'm looking forward to asking you some good questions. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we've been so blessed with season one. Uh, season one just over just a few weeks ago, and uh, more than 12,000 people listening from 110 plus countries. Just amazing. And what we try to do in this podcast is find those little things, little changes we can make to make a massive difference if we make those changes in obedience to God. And uh, so we're so glad you guys are here. You've got so much inside you that so many around the world need to understand and learn. So Luke and Julie, talk to us about Lancaster YWAM. What is Lancaster YWAM? Yeah, so uh, there's many different places where they have YWAM expressions. Yeah. So this is, a, you say, well, this is YWAM and it's in Lancaster. So it's YWAM Lancaster. Yeah. And uh, we're just pioneering YWAM Lancaster. We're, we're only uh, a little over two years officially right. into the journey of YWAM Lancaster. Had our dedication in June of 2020. And uh, Julie and I serve as uh, pioneering uh, leaders there at YWAM Lancaster. Great. And Julie, your role? Yeah, so I'm on the leadership team, was kind of part of the initial pioneering team, and uh, have, have had a number of different roles, really care a lot about the staff, pastoral sure. care, that type yeah. of thing, yeah. um, right now on an unofficial basis, but yeah, just really enjoy so being part of it. So well, We're going to talk about leadership here in just a moment. We are so excited about what you're doing, that, that uh, YWAM Lancaster is here, right here in our county. I think I told you many, sometime back that, you know, 40-some years ago, we tried to start a YWAM yes. right here. There's going to be at a place today called Refreshing Mountain. We're thinking about buying that place. It was way back in the day. And uh, when I, I called somebody in the YWAM world and said, well, how do we do this? They said, we have to do a DTS. And I was a young pastor, and I couldn't do a DTS. So, yeah. so man, here you guys are. 40 years later, it's yeah. happening. It, yeah. That's such, such a blessing. Well, let's talk about things you've learned about leadership. Uh, first of all, long before YWAM, you've been involved in leadership in various areas. Uh, talk about growing. Did you both grow up in this county here? Really? I grew up How in Colorado. Colorado, which part? So, yeah. So, Montrose, which is on the southwestern part of the state. Yeah. So, yeah. So, my whole family lives there still. Wow. And we go to visit usually every year. But so, you're a transplant to Lancaster yeah, County. I am. He drug so. you here. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. And Luke, you grew up here? Yeah, I grew up in this county. Okay. Now, for both of you, did you, when you grew up, when you were young, you're teenagers, early 20s, whatever, did you have a sense of, I'm called to some kind of leadership? Yeah, I actually wanted to be a missionary and a past, or a pastor's wife. So I always just had a desire to like wow. impact people's lives and yeah. especially like in missions, ministry, that type of thing. And today you're a mom, you got six yeah. amazing kids, right? Yes. From how old? Like 16 yeah. down? Yes, yeah, 16 down to four. Wow. So, yeah. so a lot of your leadership right now is being a mom. Yes, in, in that's right. Again, we'll talk about how that works. What yeah. about you, Luke? Do you have a, a heart for leadership when you were young? Yeah, you know, uh, I was thinking about that question, and um, I didn't have a lot of leadership positions growing up because the places that I was at didn't really have them. Uh, yeah. The school I went to didn't have like a student council president, or the church right, didn't right, have right, right. You know, anything like that. And 
So I think the biggest lessons that I had were some things that I felt like my mom really instilled in me growing up. And uh, that was uh, whatever you do in word and do, deed, do it wholeheartedly That's good. as unto the Lord. And this concept that, um, that we, are, we are stewarding everything about our life you know, with the Lord. And so, mm -hmm. you know, how, how are we stewarding that? What are we giving? Are we giving 100%? And so growing up, that was always an encouragement that, that I always remembered. It's like, my mom would always say, well, whatever you're doing, you know, if you're, if you're in school, you're doing your studies, if you're playing on the sports field, you know, if you're, if you're out with friends, you know, make sure you're doing it 100% for the honor and glory of God. So I think that was probably maybe one of my first leadership lessons was, you know, give a hundred percent. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that my lifestyle had been shaped by that and their influence comes from that maybe more than a position. Sure. Makes sense. Now, how did the two of you meet? How did you meet? Yeah, he came out. He and his brother came out to do a DTS with YWAM in Cimarron, Colorado, which is in about Colorado. an hour from where I grew really? up. Really? Yeah. So I knew people at the base. I was actually 16 at the time. He was 19. And so we got to know each other a little bit through that. And then he came back on staff for two years. And that's where we got to know each other more. Here's, so. an, here's an interesting note. I want to uh, hear it. You know, so we went to church that Sunday, our first Sunday at Cimarron College. Right. We went down to church, down to town. And uh, the whole reason that we got introduced to Julie was that they said, oh, you guys are, you know, Luke and, and Joseph, Joseph and Luke Weaver. Well, you would be interested to meet. Weavers. So Julie's last name was Weaver as well. So really? She yeah. didn't have to change her last name. Yeah, not as common there, but it's wow. more common here. <laughs> yeah. wow. Did your family come from this area? Um, way back in the day or something? There is actually some relatives way back. Yeah, okay. my great-grandfather was really? in York. He's buried in York, yeah. in a yeah. cemetery in York County. So, yeah. So, Julie, you went through YWAM then? I did. And yeah. how old were you when you went through YWAM? I was 18 on my 18th birthday. Actually, I went to do my DTS. Wow. So it was part of my senior year of high school because I was homeschooled. So, yeah. So I went to Lakeside, Montana for my DTS. Sure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm very familiar with that. Yeah. And then you, you guys get married. You're in both in YWAM when you get married? No, we uh, we got married, and then um, we both worked jobs for the okay. first year of, of our in marriage. In Colorado. In Colorado, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. so I did my DTS in 97. She did hers in 99. And then we got married and lived in Colorado for the next, till, till 2009, actually. And so we worked jobs our first year mm -hmm. of marriage. And then we actually had a really unique uh, kind of directive from the Lord that God spoke to us both separately to go on a trip to Pakistan. Uh, so um, that kind of re-engaged us with uh, missions after one year of working kind of uh, in the marketplace together, enjoying our first year sure, of marriage. Sure. Um, so we went on a six-week trip with uh, some of our friends who were stationed in, in northern Pakistan. Okay. Um, and that kind of got us going back into kind of a more missional ministry direction. Now, you look back in your life, do you find that was good for you to work for a year in, in, in a quote-unquote real job, as some people would call that? Yeah. Or was that good? Or anything? No, not necessarily. It's for some people. Mm -hmm. Give me a response to that. Yeah, I, I personally would encourage people to be in a spot for their first year or so of marriage okay. where they're able to have support from community. You know, they're able to give kind of a little bit more of a focus on setting foundations in their marriage. I and mean, we had a great time. I mean, mm -hmm. we would, we, whoever came home first started the dinner. And, uh, and then we would eat and then we'd go out in the yard and we'd play wiffle ball, go on walks or, and cool. just, yeah, you know, I mean, we just pretty much mm -hmm. got to spend just so much time together. And, you know, as life goes, your, your, your capacity grows, your right. responsibilities grow and you don't, you don't quite have that same mm -hmm. type of, 
um, focused time that you have that first year. So we loved it. Good. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to talk to you just a bit later about how you got involved in Wyoming Lancaster, how that happened, the whole process. Because I remember talking to you, Luke, years ago, when you were at the Gateway House of Prayer, leading that whole deal, and you said, there's got to be a, a YWAM here in Lancaster County. You know, it's got to be here's something. So yeah. I want to hear that soon. Sure. But let's show the two of you. How did you get back here, here then? How did that all happen? So Luke had had a word from the Lord about building a house of prayer when we were in Colorado. Okay. So he had done a, an extended fast. And felt like the Lord just kind of out of the blue said to build the house of prayer. And we didn't we were familiar with IHOP Kansas City, sure. the International House of Prayer there, but we weren't really super familiar with it. And so we were processing that and trying to decide, okay, Lord, what do you have for us with this? Right. And as part of that, we had actually heard about Gateway House of Prayer, because Luke's from this area, we would come mm-hmm. back and visit sometimes. Sure. Um, Jimmy Nyman, we, you know, we didn't really know him, but we'd heard about him. And there's an internship at Gateway that was right. starting. And so um, we were on a camping trip and just spending time with the Lord, um, just really seeking him about, okay, Lord, what do we do with this word? And um, during that, I felt like the Lord gave me an Isaiah where it says, actually, go through, go through the gates. Isaiah 62. Um, And there's other parts in there that felt like the Lord was speaking that really directed us to now is the time to actually go come here for the internship. And so he did. That was in 2009 in fall of 2009. We just had a baby, (laughs) moved a month later and came here to thought we would only be here for eight months for the internship and that we would go back to Colorado. Um, and start a house of prayer there. That's what we thought. Wow. So, but God had a much different plan. So, yeah. yeah. Could, could I highlight that? Please. I just I wanted to highlight one of the most significant leadership lessons that we learned, I would say early on, mm-hmm. maybe when both of us went to YWAM as a, this is a really a strong yeah. foundation in YWAM, right. is this idea of being directed by the word of the Lord. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, there's like Lauren Cunningham's life message in right. so many ways. Yes. Yeah. One of the first things you read is, is that really you, God? Right. And, and Lauren started YWAM out of a clear vision from yeah. The, yeah. the heart of the Lord. And that's something that gets instilled is, first of all, that that all believers are called to hear the voice of the Lord. Yes. And yeah. that that's a foundation for a relationship. Second of all, that our direction in life is, is ordered by the Lord, is yeah. that uh, uh, we position our hearts to be aligned with God, receive things from God, and then... We walk in obedience for what we received. And so part of that foundation was given to us. And I would even say not just for ministry, but for marriage and really for any relationship that you need to walk closely with people. This idea that the foundation is the word of the Lord was something that was instilled in us. And in our in our marriage, it's like, well, you never have to argue about who's right or you never have to feel bad about somebody was right and somebody was wrong sure. because the way that you make decisions is you say, God, what would you want us to do? And then each individual commits to listening to the Lord, receiving something from the Lord. And then that's the foundation that you make your decision from. So it, it it's never a blame. Well, you wanted to do this and I just went along with it or, you know, things like that. You can always come back to saying, no, I... I took time, I heard from the Lord, I agreed that this is something that God told us. So the foundation then comes back to, we have the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord never returns void. It always accomplishes the purpose it's intended for. 
And so that was just a huge foundation mm-hmm. for us, both for our marriage. I mean, we got a whole story of that. This isn't, you know, particularly a marriage podcast. Right. We won't go into that. But, sure. you know, our marriage based on the direction of the Lord, the word of the Lord, um, you know, it's such a firm foundation because you, you have such stability to say, no, this was authored from the Lord's heart. And same thing with uh, our word to come to, to Gateway. It was a clear word of the Lord moment. And uh, we can talk about some more of those, but we have signposts, um, markers in our life for okay. every season. God was so faithful to give us directives and our faith, you know, faith comes by hearing, right. hearing by the word of right, the Lord. Right. And faith is that, uh, that, that spiritual energy that you need to accomplish things. Yes. It's that confidence that right. you have that God's with you. And, and right. for us, that starting place of faith is we waited on the Lord, we received something from God, we agreed together in unity on it, and then that's a foundation that can't be shaken. That's fantastic. Now, let's dig a little deeper into that. So you're both seeking God. You both want the word of the Lord. You need the word of the Lord together. What happens when you're hearing two different things? Has that ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. what, what happens then? What do you tell someone who's saying, yeah. you know, my husband, my wife, and I, we, we're trying to find the way of the Lord. We're, just a two different, we're yeah. seeing, seeing two different things. What do they do? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think for, for marriage and for ministry— um, depends on the scope of the decision, of course. Yeah. Uh, there, so, yeah. there are times when a decision is um, uh, less important right. or has a little less impact. Sure. That, uh, and we have a time crunch where we need to make a decision right. where you know we come up, we have two different you know thoughts on it, and uh, and we'll say, well, here's we need to make a decision. It's the scope. Uh, what should we do? And and one of us usually will feel maybe a little stronger directive right. from the Lord than the other. Other person's like, ah, wasn't super clear, but I thought maybe sure. this. Um, and so then we usually try to lean into who had the kind of the strongest okay. directive from the Lord in that um, on decisions that are larger, um, both in our marriage and in our leadership and ministry. Um, we are committed to agreeing together around yeah. that before we move mm-hmm. forward. Any major decision yeah. you need to be in agreement. I agree. Yeah. Julie, yeah. you want to add anything to that? Yeah. Yeah. The same thing as far as like just waiting then, then we wait mm-hmm. and don't make that decision and Wise. move forward until we're both on the same page so with good. it. And then we can both have the buy-in and or go back to the Lord of like specifics or whatever it is and then have the buy-in together. Okay. Yeah. So you... Go through the internship, Gateway House of Prayer. You come through the other end of that. What happens next? Yeah, it was wild. Uh, we were here. Um, we were here for about two months in the internship, and uh, Jimmy Nyman, the director of the House of Prayer, uh, he comes up to me and he says, uh, "Hey, I'd like you to consider staying here as the assistant director." And I can hear him say that. And I said. Uh, Wow, I, I, I'm sure there's a story to that. You don't usually show up for two months as part of their basic training program, right. and then somebody offers you a job as right. assistant director. And and he said, well, actually, we've been praying for a number of years for sure. somebody, and we, we feel like you guys are it. Mm-hmm. So he asked us to you know commit to three years um, sure. if if we were going to take that role. So again, same thing. We go back to the Lord. We ask, God, this is a little different than we had in, in our hearts. We, we packed all our stuff up, and we came here from Colorado in a little trailer, and now you're now it looks like we might be here three years you know what are you saying and so again together we went to the lord um got into a place of unity and feeling like god was saying yep this is part of what i have for you you know and um you know this is something that god's done with us a lot i think something that might be encouragement to believers is that we often have an idea of the end of the directive that god gives you like god's sending us to do an internship in pennsylvania so we can start house prayer in colorado 
but but we didn't have like that wasn't spelled out clearly by the word of the Lord. Right. Um, but it was like that's what we thought. Sure. You know, that's what we understood. So we came here thinking, well, that's what yeah. we're gonna do. But then in the journey um, for us, often God has shifted the clarity of what we're to do in the journey. Exactly. So as we've been moving, exactly. it's been like, okay, we're going to Pennsylvania and then we're going to go back to Colorado. Oh, whoops. No, we're not. We're actually going to stay here at the house of prayer a little longer. And then God's led us on a journey clearly by his word through some twists and turns. It hasn't been a linear line. Right. Of, hey, uh, at 20, I got this word and I've been working right. on it ever since. And, and here's what we're doing. So um, so same thing. We felt like we were to stay uh, for the three years and commit to assistant director. And uh, <laughs> then in that process, uh, you know, I feel like either God was kind of sneaky or Jimmy was kind of sneaky. I'm not <laughs> maybe, sure. both. Or, yeah, maybe both. Maybe <laughs> both. Um, uh, in that process, Jimmy felt to transition out to right. plant Lifeway uh, Church up in Lebanon. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm going to ask you know you guys to consider being directors. And so the same process again, back so to the good. place of prayer in agreement, so felt to do that. Now, while you were in that role, of course, your heart, your heart's been missions and training for missions, and that's been your heart for years. Uh, and you started to sense, well, maybe there's something else down the road here. Talk to us about the journey from there to when YWAM Lancaster actually started and you guys are directing and giving leadership and all that. Talk about that journey and how it got to lead you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that opportunity um, because people might ask, well, why did you go from YWAM yeah. to the house of prayer right. and back to YWAM? What was God up to in that journey? And I think for me, the the clarity that I have on hindsight is that they were foundational pieces, both in my personal life and in what was needing to be expressed in our culture that we wouldn't have gotten without going through the journey of the house of prayer. Okay. Um, so it was, it was instilling this place of intimacy. It was walking in authority in the place of intercession. And so gateway house of prayer, you know, we spent eight years in 24 seven, praying for the purposes of God on this little piece of real estate we call Lancaster County uh, to be fully expressed. Mm -hmm. And there were so many downloads, impartations from the heart of the Lord that we got in the place of intercession, in the place of prayer, that we would have never had that intel. We would have never had that Mm -hmm. understanding. We wouldn't have had the opportunity to base our faith even on these prophetic downloads Mm -hmm. if we hadn't been in the place of waiting in prayer and intercession. So... In the place of, of prayer, God just ignited our hearts for his dream for this county, that right. he had something unique, something special for, for this place that wasn't ever just for this place, but was to be multiplied to the nations. And, you know, the revelation of the Abrahamic covenant, covenant that God says, listen, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. But it's not just so you can enjoy the blessings of God. It's it's always about expressing that to the nations of the earth, the families of the earth. So every family of the earth could be blessed right. through you. And so it was in that place of 24-7 prayer, contending for the heart of the Lord, contending for the dreams of God to be manifest from this little piece of real estate to the nations that God just knit our hearts with his. And just feel like my heart got married to like, like I'm, I'm living and dying based upon seeing the fulfillment of the dream of God over this piece of real estate, mm-hmm. knowing that for whatever reason, God has chosen a little farming community in right. Pennsylvania mm-hmm. to have a global impact. Yeah. And, and I, I even believe that um, God's given us words that 
that this place is even to be a part of seeing the fulfillment of the Great Commission, a, a key part, the tip of the sword to fulfill the Great Commission in this generation. And so it was really that context out of this, out of this place of being joined with the heart of the Lord in prayer that you get an impartation from God, a, a DNA download from the heart of God that begins to be a foundation for you then to walk out that assignment. And, and that's really what happened in you know eight years of 24-7 contending for the dream of God for Lancaster to the nations to be fulfilled. You were here for eight years that at, long? At the House of Prayer, yeah. Wow. And Julie, your experience was the same basically? Yeah, similar, where I feel like we did have a foundation in prayer um, previous. So right. we had tracked some with Lou Engel's ministry. Yeah, sure. We've gone to several calls, fasting, yeah. prayer. All right. of that was part of our story. But the the day-in, day-out gateway piece with the 24-7, I, yeah, 100% what Luke was saying, like just giving us a heart for regional mm-hmm. revival, um, wanting to see God move, but then out of that, touch the nation. So, yes. And I was mostly mom in that season. Of course, um, of course. Had... Started out with three kids when we first moved here, ended with six. And um, yeah, just such a good season. So we would bring the kids to the house of prayer because we really wanted them also to really experience that culture and that to be their norm, you know, just being in prayer and worship and all that kind of stuff as well. So it was, yeah, it was a big part of our journey of just that foundation. Yeah. So then what happened next? Like how did, you know, obviously our mutual friend, Norman Kurtz, Gave land to Youth of the Mission. Norm was on our board years ago in our first okay. outreach ministry called Lost But Found. I'd known Norm forever, you know. Cool. And of course, as you know, Luke, you know, we rented, Dove International rented that property for years, yeah. all night prayer meetings and, and yeah. going to the nations and all that there. Yeah. You know, Bill Landis gave his life to Christ in the basement yes. in those days. That whole property yeah. to find yeah. all these connections is so cool. Yeah. And then there's, you know, a group of regional fathers in this area who've been praying for revival for years. And then you and your generation praying to God for revival. And uh, so what happened next? It didn't just happen overnight, obviously, but you guys walked a walk of obedience for this to happen. And so, and you had to make some sacrifices for this to happen, obviously. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about what happened next. Yeah, can I just go back really quick to what Julie was saying about Gateway is that um, one thing that might be an encouragement uh, to those who are listening is that our, Julie and I's role has not always been the same in leadership. We haven't had the same position. Some people do, They're, they're, you know, directors together, you know, Julie and I have um, very often had a different position, but the same heart. Okay. Um, And so I just, I want to take a moment just to, I think, just brag on on Julie, because she hasn't had the, uh, necessarily the upfront position. Right. But when God spoke to us, there was always a 100% buy-in that we're doing this together. Yes. That we're in unity on this. And then even with the kids, um, you know, we have a large family. We have six kids. So rather than the kids kind of being uh, something we got to navigate while we're in ministry, the kids are full participants in the ministry. Good, good. So when we're doing things, we have services or meetings. It's it's opportunity for our whole family to come. And not only are we modeling how to do life and ministry as a family, but also the kids are getting infused with DNA from the Mm -hmm. culture and the environment that we're a part of. Yes. 
And uh, so I just want to say for, for those of you out there, you don't have to have equal positions. That's so good. You don't have to have the same positions. Right. But it is important to have one heart. Yes. That you are in unity yeah. and in agreement about what you're doing and that there's a buy-in, not just from your spouse, but also with your family. That's really an important yeah, part uh, of this so that you don't, um, you know, you don't have to uh, kind of choose, well, do, do I do the family or do I do the ministry? but that there's a ownership from the entire family that buys in mm. to the ministry. So, so that was a really important thing, I think, for us as we've been leading and our family's been growing, learning how to navigate yeah. that um, in, in a way that, you know, we really can't. We have very, we're very different people with very different gifts. Right. So we need to exercise the gifts we have and operate in those roles, but be in unity and of the same heart. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was important. So It's very important. Thank mm-hmm. you for emphasizing that. And by the way, anybody listening today, you want to know more about Wyoming Lancaster. You want to know more about Luke and Julie Weaver. All the information is on the show notes. You can check that out on the show notes, and you can avail yourself to that also. Now, continue the journey. Sure. Yeah, so um, there was uh, a lot of prayer. This county has had a lot of interaction with mm-hmm. Youth with a Mission, mm-hmm. and um, this county is actually unique in the sense that it's, it's one of the largest uh, financial contributors true. and even um, human resource contributors to missions per capita That's true. of uh, any place in the world. And uh, so there's a rich missional history. Mm-hmm. And Youth with a Mission is one of the largest mission organizations in the world. So it's always been odd that Youth with a Mission has had such a, a large role to play here, but there's never been a base here. So God began to speak about a, a new wave of missions out of this county to fulfill the Great Commission. And when they interviewed Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM, and they asked him, hey, you've got 6 million people that have been in YWAM. You've got 30,000, 35,000 full-time staff, 2,000 locations in the world. Has the vision of the waves of young people happened? He said, no, not even close. The vision that I had was so significant, so powerful, that it's beyond anything that we've experienced, even in light of what God's done. And so when I thought about that and the, the founder saying, no, we haven't seen it yet. And the words of the Lord to us about the county and what he wants to do. Um, we just were sure that God wanted to initiate um, a movement from this county, a fresh movement from this county to mm. the nations. And so there was an opportunity that we heard about um, with Norman Kurtz donating his right. property for the use of the establishment of a YWAM base. Um, they just had a meeting and said, hey, uh, who would want to who would want to? come and hear about this. And I said, man, I, I need to have a personal meeting. So, uh, so I, I met with Michael Berg, sure. uh, director of Wyoming Orlando and Bill mm-hmm. Landis, who at mm-hmm. that time was the yeah. director down in, in Barbados. Right. And they were the two individuals who had been asked by YWAM to kind of oversee the process. And as they were talking, it was a burning bush moment. Wow. Um, I was sitting, listening, I was trembling, I was sweating. I, I just, I, wow. I was kind of overcome by this sense of, um, compulsion, like, oh my goodness, we have to be a part of this. And um, I'm a little bit more um, spontaneous or, you know, and uh, Julie's a good processor. And so I came home and I said, oh my goodness, I had this meeting. I think the Lord might be telling us to, to be a part of this YWAM Lancaster. And Julie said. And she said, I think that I think that's the Lord. Whoa. On the spot. That's, that's on the spot. awesome. <laughs> it, was, um, I think it could be God. Yeah. He was so excited. He was so revved up about it. I'm like, I actually think this could be the Lord. 
Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it, it did. It was um, it was unusual in what we thought at that moment. We were the directors of Gateway House of Prayer, twenty four seven prayer center. We thought, hey, we'll just roll this puppy right into a you know right into a YWAM base, and we'll just we'll just do it. And then they said, no, actually, you got to move your whole family down to Orlando. Yeah. And, and we're like, oh, didn't see that one coming. Um, so. Um, our whole family moved down to Orlando for about two and a half years, uh, went through several different trainings and then God just began to sovereignly connect people to us as we were faithful, just to, just to share the vision of what God was putting in our hearts. Um, and it was really a kind of a, a Habakkuk two type of moment, you know, where you receive downloads from the Lord, you know, you begin to just articulate the vision to make it plain and then the people right. who read it can run. That's what exactly. Habakkuk 2 says. Habakkuk 2. Um, it's stand on the wall. You know, let's right. hear what God wants to say. Right. And then when you hear it, write it down. Make right. it clear because then people are able to run. And this just began to happen. People began to say, hey, I heard you're the people to talk to. Even though nobody had said we're the leaders, we just right. signed up first, you know. Um, and so people began to ask us, well, what's happening? And, and we would just, just begin to share with them. And so a team began to be built down in Orlando. Yeah, I just want to emphasize what you said. It's so important for leaders to understand. When you hear from God, when God gives his word regarding whatever, write it down. You know, the whole Habakkuk 2 thing. Because mm -hmm. when you write it down, it helps you and I, whoever's writing it down, understand what the vision is. Yeah. And then it's a way that we can share it with somebody else and they can understand what it is. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you still have to run with it and there's still faith involved and all that. But I just want to emphasize that. That's so good, so true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and Peter, you know, I think it's in Peter, he talks about the word of God being an incorruptible seed. Right. You know, and so when God shares something with you, uh, it's, it's actually an intimacy moment where God downloads something from his heart. And we are, we are like wombs that we receive this word of the Lord. It's like mm -hmm. a womb, you know, God planting his dream, his desire yeah. in us. And so there's a, I think a, a real fear of the Lord around how do we steward that intimacy? How do we steward what God shared with us from his heart? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, are we stewarding that in a way that really allows that to grow and multiply and produce fruit? Right. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I think about a, a lot is that, you know, how, how are we shepherding? How are we stewarding what God has, has spoken to us? So YWAM Lancaster is how old today? Yeah, so we're just a little bit over two years, two years old, officially. Old. We've, we've been in the process since 2017. Um, uh, Julie and I have of developing the team right. and things. So we were two and a half years in Orlando. We came up uh, to Pennsylvania and we thought, man, what a great time to launch a missions movement you know, Vision 2020, March of 2020, man, this is going to kick <laughs> off. And two weeks later, the whole world shut down from COVID. Yeah, exactly. So it was wild. Yeah. Man, I get so many more things I'd like to ask you. Our time is, is almost gone. Um, let me ask you this yet, and uh, maybe we can get you back and do this again. Okay, because there's so much more. I'm sure you got a lot more inside you haven't even touched, we haven't even touched on yet. Uh, get a young leader listening right now and saying, Man, God's called me to leadership. God's called me to see the world change. I got this vision bringing my heart from God. Um, any steps you would you encourage them to take? What what steps or what what direction would you encourage them to take? Yeah, I think if I were to share one thing, I would uh, I would share the story of David. Mm. Um, David got anointed yep. to be king and had a clear call on his life but he continued to be faithful to shepherd some sheep in the back pasture. He did. 
And God is well able to recognize a person who is a faithful steward that he's placed gifts in and bring them from the pasture to the palace. And I think sometimes the mistake that we make is that we try to make things happen. We try to try to force things. We try to push things. And, and um, I think a confidence in God being the author of the process mm-hmm. and then being really faithful to steward what's right in front of you. What is yeah. right in front of you? You've used two words today that are powerful, the journey and the process. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. God is the God of the journey and God is the God yeah. of the process. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think it happens what today is going to happen today. No, he's in process, working Christ in us. You know, we all know that. The older we get, the more we understand how much we need Jesus. Uh, you explained that really well. Anything you want to add yet to the podcast today, Julie? I think when God asks, one of the things we learned too is when God asks you to do something and He's you're birthing something new, it's so much bigger than me. It's so much bigger yeah. than us. Right. And that's where it's like we cannot do it on our own and that realization even that we can't shoulder the weight of leadership on our own it's like it can be a big responsibility but recognizing like it's actually if it's god's dream it's his baby that's right and so we can we will do what he asks and we will work hard and do everything that he's asked us to do but then at the end of the day we need to also release that pressure and responsibility that can feel like a lot when you're leading um and even when when problems come or challenges like asking the Lord well what do you want to do with this what solution do you have God because I don't know you know and so just allowing him to bring Mm, the solutions for his ministry it's a difference it's a mindset and something that we've kind of walked through times where we have actually felt like we've had to make things happen we've had to do it because no one else is there or whatever it is right instead of like allowing the Lord to like take the weight of responsibility and recognizing like this is your dream God beautiful how do you want to do this Beautiful. Luke and Julie Weaver, thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast today. So good. I want to have Thanks you back. Having us. Uh, you guys have so much and so many questions. I still want to ask you uh, about what you've learned in leadership, even YWAM today and Lancaster today, what that looks like. We didn't even touch on the big Jesus rally. You guys worked tirelessly behind the scenes for that to happen. There's another leadership principle often taking that lower road and other people seem to be the upfront people, but we're doing what God called us to do. And without us obeying God, it's not happening. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, again, we'll, we'll have you yeah. back. Thanks for having Bless us. You guys. Oh yeah. It was, did you have fun today? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was good. good. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for the Larry Credit Leadership Podcast, where we learn these small things, small changes we can make, make a massive difference in the lives, our lives and the lives of those whom we serve. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you back next week. Check the show notes, learn more about Luke and Julie Weaver, more about YWAM and Lancaster and all that God's done through them, Gateway House of Prayer, and all those amazing ministries we have right here in this area in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So God bless you, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.